You're listening to the My Happy Mind Conversations podcast, where we talk all about how you can build your child's resilience, self-esteem, and happiness. I'm your host, Laura Earnshaw, the founder of My Happy Mind, and I am totally dedicated to helping you become the best parent or carer that you can be. We're proudly impacting over half a million children now in our programs in schools, nurseries, and homes. And today, I'm going to be sharing some of those tips with you. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the My Happy Mind Conversations podcast, where we are continuing to explore the five key areas that build our well-being and our happiness. So far, we've looked at two of the factors that are most impactful when it comes to our happiness and well-being, positive emotion and engagement. And today we're turning our attention to the third area, relationships. That's the R in PERMA. So why are relationships so important to our happiness and well-being? Well, I'm going to start by talking about the fact that we've probably all had times in our lives where our relationships have felt positive, whether that's with a partner or friends or work colleagues or even our children. And it's likely that during those times where those relationships felt positive, we felt happy. And it's also likely that there may have been times in our lives where we felt less good about our relationships. Maybe we're going through a difficult patch with our relationship or maybe with our work colleagues or friendships. Maybe your close friend has moved away and that's put a a strain on your relationship. And of course, sometimes we do go through phases with our own children where our relationships are less strong. And again, it's likely during those times that you felt less happy. And if you were to look back over the times in your life when you felt really happy and the times where you felt less happy, it's likely that you would start to see some patterns where relationships are good and thriving, you feel good. And where relationships are less good, you feel less good too. And yes, this is seemingly obvious, but what's less obvious sometimes is how we can ensure that we're keeping our relationships as strong and as positive as possible. And before I dive into some of the ways we can do that, particularly with a view to thinking about our children, I do just want to talk about why relationships have such an impact on our happiness and our well-being. The truth is humans are animals, creatures that are predetermined for social connection. We need social connection to be happy. Genetically, we're wired for it. Our brains need it. Our bodies need it. And it's interesting how in the time that this is being recorded, we're still in the coronavirus lockdown, that so many of us are missing that connection. And whilst we might be having Zoom calls or FaceTime calls with family, we're missing that sense of being socially connected by being physically with people. So we can really feel this at the moment. We can really feel this loss of social connection. And it's because it's something that humans really need to be happy. And often what happens in our crazy busy lives is that the nature of our relationship changes. I'm a massive fan of technology and will be the first to have the latest gadgets. But the truth is that technology isn't always our friend when it comes to relationships. Why? Because, well, you might just send a quick text or a quick WhatsApp message to somebody rather than actually having a phone call with them. Or 
you might not bother to arrange to meet them because you can just give them a call. And also, technology can interfere with our relationship in other ways. It can perhaps make us less active, less engaged in the moment when we are with people because we're on our phones or we're multitasking or we're trying to do too many things at once. And so the nature of relationships has definitely been impacted in some ways positively, but in some ways negatively by technology and by the pace of our lives today. And what some studies are showing is that that's actually negatively impacting our ability to make and sustain positive relationships. And actually, it's also showing that many of us are developing um, and interpreting relationships through forums like Facebook and Instagram and other things as being deep relationships when in fact they're often not. And of course, we know then that that can lead us to be comparing ourselves to people on social media to almost believing that it's their real life versus a kind of a filtered version of their life and all the kind of the connotations that we've heard about in terms of that. And so I think getting back to the basics on what a good relationship looks like is really, really important. And actually stripping out all of these other kind of superficial things that are going on in our lives, this superficial noise, is really important to get back to basics about what a good relationship looks like. And I'd like you to spend a couple of minutes reflecting on this at some point after listening to this episode. You know, what does a good relationship look like for you? You know, and if I think about me and and my friendships, you know, they look like loyalty, they look like humor, they look like trust. And they look like an intimacy that I can tell them anything that I need to and that I know that they will have my back and that they will give me good advice. And, you know, I would rather have a smaller group of friends that displayed all of those characteristics or met all of that criteria, if you like, than have loads of friends that didn't. And and I'm very selective about who I spend time with and who I kind of put in that friend category for that reason. So I'm quite cautious and quite intentional about my friendships um, and and who I kind of spend time with. But I think that isn't necessarily always the case. And I, I know it hasn't been for me. So if you think about the people that you spend time with, and if you were to do a bit of a spring clean, if you like, on on the people you spend time with, it would be interesting for you to do that through the lens of what matters most to you in a friendship. And what can happen with time is that those things can change, right? As we go through the different phases in our life, those things can change. Those things that matter to us most may vary and may differ. And it's why people often say that friendships have seasons and there's seasons where a particular friend may be absolutely there for you and they're incredible. And then, you know, you emerge into a new season of your life and that's not so much the case. Maybe you were both single at the same time and you were living the single life, living in London at the start of your career. And then all of a sudden, one of you's married and the other one isn't. You might find that that impacts your friendship because the seasons of your life are no longer in sync. So that's very natural. But what I want you to think about, just as part of this little reflection exercise that I'm inviting you to do is, what's most important to you in a friendship? And are the people that you're spending most of your time with actually meeting that criteria. And I know this can sound quite scientific and I don't mean it to be, but I do think it's really important that we're very intentional about who we spend time with and very intentional about not just the people we have in our lives, but the things we consume in general. And this is really important for you to do as parents because it's part of what I'm going to talk about in terms of children. So have a little go, have a little think about that reflection and I'd love to hear your feedback in terms of what your criteria for a good friend look like and what does that mean for who you're spending time with um, at the moment. 
But I think one of the reasons this is such a critical topic to talk about as it relates to children's mental health is the way in which our children are forming friendships now looks very different to how perhaps we would have done in the past for all of the reasons that you can predict. So technology and busy lives, the amount of children that play games that are on WhatsApp, etc, etc. And so because that medium is being used more and more to communicate and to entertain with children, inevitably other mediums are being used less. So you might see fewer children, for example, playing out on the streets than you might have done 20 or 30 years ago. Um, You might see fewer play dates because parents are working harder and don't necessarily have the time to fit that in. So there's lots of different social dynamics that are changing the way in which our relationships are formed. But the critical thing here is to make sure that children understand and know how to make meaningful, positive friendships that are going to last. And the reason that I think this is so critical is because children have got so many more pressures on them than they ever have done before. As young as nine and 10, we're seeing them go on social media, things like Instagram and TikTok and these other forums. And so what they're being exposed to, therefore, is different looks, different body shapes, different fashion trends, different possessions, different material things, their friends showing off their houses, all of this kind of consumption of stuff, which may not be very helpful. And they're starting to define their popularity or their worth through things like how many likes they get, how many people have viewed their video. And this is really, really dangerous for obvious reasons. And so actually what we like to do in all of our My Happy Mind programs is look at kind of getting back to the basics of what really matters in building relationships. And we do a lot of work with children focusing around these two key areas. And I'm going to share a little bit about each of those areas with you today. And the idea here is that if you build these foundational skills, you build these foundational pieces of how to have a good relationship that children will have um, much more resilience in the face of some of those more challenging interactions that they might have through things like social media. And it's also why relationships are so, so important to our mental health, because when we have good ones, we're much better able to cope when times get tough. If you're a child and you feel like you've got three good friends in the playground who are going to have your back if something goes wrong, whether that's in the classroom or out of the classroom, if you feel supported, you can cope and bounce back much better than if you don't. And likewise as an adult. So giving children the ability to build relationships, I believe, is one of the most fundamental parts of being a good parent. And there's two key things that we know, based on the research, are really important to building positive relationships. And the first of those is good listening skills. Sounds really simple, I know, but actually it's remarkably hard to teach. So helping children to really develop listening skills that allow them to notice, to understand and to really be there for their friends so that they can pick up on their social cues, they can understand how they're feeling and they can empathise. Listening is much more about those things than it is just doing what you're told. So when I say listening skills, I don't mean the ability for your child to come off their iPad the first time you ask them. I mean their ability to really actively listen, to really understand what's going on around them. And the second core skill that we like to look at is really around understanding other people's perspectives. So in any given situation, being able to see, notice and understand what's going on for the other people in that situation is absolutely critical to their ability to build positive relationships because it allows them to develop empathy. It allows them to understand diversity. 
It allows them to start understanding different perspectives and really reflect on what that means for them and so on and so forth. So listening skills and understanding other perspectives are the two key ingredients proven by science that we teach in all of our programs to really help children to develop this kind of bedrock of building positive relationships. Because if they can be a good listener, then they can be a good friend. And if they can see things from another perspective, they can not only be a good team player, work well in groups, but they will allow others to understand them better too. Because when we give others the space to understand them, guess what happens? They give us the space to understand us. So I hope this has been a really interesting reflective piece for you in terms of why relationships are so important getting a little bit of a spring clean of your own friendships and thinking about you know who's in your life that really serves you right now what's your criteria for a good friendship and are you putting the time into those friendships that give you most joy and then of course we've also talked about why this is so important for children and what you can do to help boost their skills so I will be back next time with a session all around the M in the PERMA model, which stands for meaning, otherwise known as purpose. So make sure you come back and check out that episode and I'll see you then. Take care. Thanks so much for joining me for another episode of the My Happy Mind Conversations podcast. If you liked what you heard, please leave a review and a comment below and I'll be back next week with more science-backed secrets to building happy and resilient children. Don't forget, you can come and follow me at My Happy Mind on Facebook and Instagram. Take care.